You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. Feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this planet. Well, you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Earth Station Who. We are here. Finally, we're back. And, you know, we go away for a couple weeks, and then everything hits. Of course, isn't that always the way? We decide to take a little time off, you know, for some personal things and just to relax and, you know, have our fall break, as like some people like to call. And finally, we have Doctor Who news to talk all about it. And we got a great crew here to talk about it. Of course, we have our regulars. First, we have the lovely and talented Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here. How are you, Mary? You doing okay? I'm doing pretty good. A bit of family stuff the last couple of weeks, which is why we're recording a little late. It's my fault, everybody. <laughs> but I'm very happy to be here. I could understand that. You know, Like I always say, family comes first. And, you know, it was we were due a vacation, as we like to say. That's that's true. So it was cool. And of course, the talented Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you, Mr. Howdy? I I am just fine. I believe me, I'm perfectly available to work with both your schedules, as recording today proves. Exactly. See? So, you know, we we mix and match for everybody's schedules. I and, just have know, no other life. And that's my fault. No. You know, it's cool. And, you know, we know you're giving up some stuff going on and everything. And fitting us into your schedule is just a little perfect match for that. So it's good. We appreciate it, sir. And I'm speaking, serious. I have no other life. I'm, I'm, I'm available whenever you guys are. Okay. <laughs> okay. The next episode's recording 3 a.m. on... <laughs> I could be there. I'm usually up. Yes, you're the one of us who usually... <laughs> So that's just fine with me. You'll have to, you know, have me, you know, totally like up with coffee and, you know, like, Mike, wake up, wake up. Uh Doctor who, who, uh," you know, usually, but we can do it. I could see it happening. We actually have a guest with us from the Face the Music podcast and many other projects. Let's welcome Eric Winsenson. Glad to be here today. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. Oh, God, thank you. Folks, you don't have to drink at home. It's awesome. <laughs> so you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, as he said, I, uh, I'm a co-host on the Face the Music podcast, which is an ELO song-by-song podcast. That's headed up by Eric Paul Johnson. On my own, I do a radio show every Sunday at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on maxradio.ca called Vinyl Casserole. I have a movie blog called Expelled Gray Matter, and, well, I collect a lot of records and uh, do uh, some photography on the side, and 
I'm a big, huge Doctor Who fan going back about 40 years. Wow. So you're our age. Got it. Totally yes. makes our sense. And so we asked you here, and actually we said, you know, Eric, pick your favorite, one of your favorite episodes, and you pick the web planet of all episodes. Yes. At least it wasn't the Gunslinger. So that's all we have to say. Uh, I cannot see that being anybody's favorite episode. No, it was an interesting first Doctor story. It was my first time actually seeing this one. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, but, you know, we definitely want to hear from you folks at home also. So please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. Have you guys liked this one? Did you guys, have you seen it before? What are your thoughts on this one? We also want to, we're going to talk about in a few minutes, the announcement that Doctor Who is definitely coming back as the first of the year. So we actually have a new trailer and we have a couple of other things we're going to talk about in the news. So what are you guys' thoughts on Doctor Who finally coming back? And that also has to make, you know, us check out, you know, change our schedule fully for the podcast, of course. So, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't consult us first. Yeah, I know. Really? BBC, geez. Don't you know Just, to talk to your favorite Doctor Who podcast? Yeah. Well, my first response was, yay! Well, we might as well dive in for both feet then. So... <laughs> You know, Mary's first reaction was yay. Mikey, what about you? Um, sure. I haven't. That's cool, man. I haven't seen anything official, so that's good. I, I didn't know that they were coming back so soon. It just all I knew was early 2020. I didn't know it was that early 2020. Well, that's isn't that a rumor? There's a rumor that it's going to come back on the first. It, ha January. it hasn't been official, official, but they're saying. It's gonna. They're saying they're doing it as a New Year's special, and then going from that point on. So, you know, hold that thought. It. You're saying it. A couple You're saying different, that. I thought uh, we didn't talk about rumors on this show. We always talk about rumors on this show. We officially well, say we, we don't until we do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not even going to say we have a source inside the BBC because we don't. We do not. So we'll wait and see, but I was so thrilled to see the trailer. Hell, I don't care if it comes out in February. I'd still be happy with what I saw. I was really impressed. Eric, what about you? Well, I'm looking forward to it because I haven't seen the last two or three episodes of season 11. And as soon as that comes out, Amazon should make those free finally. And but for, on there? Um, they're on there, but you still have to pay for them. You still have to rent them. Really? Oh, wow. So it's not Amazon Prime ready. Yep. So so I'm looking for, forward to the new season. The new season looks like uh, she might be fitting in a little bit better than she did. Not the first season jitters that most of the uh, Doctor actors have had. And so it looks like it's going to be – it looks like it's going to be really good. Cool. So you haven't seen either, also the, the New Year's special from earlier this year? No, I didn't see the New Year's special, and um, I think the last one I saw was the one with the uh, witch trials. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. gotcha That's before gotcha. BBC America decided that they were going to take themselves off of the package I have with Dish America. Oh. Dish Network, yeah. Oh. oh. That really sucks. Yeah. That is, yeah. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, so we won't be talking about, you know, how it got so... I th I thought it got better for the New Year's special. I thought she felt more comfortable, and I thought the writing and the story actually got better. 
Oh, I absolutely agree. The New Year's special was a step up. Yeah, most definitely, especially after the seat the end of the season. Whew, so there were some really bad ones there. There was some rough stuff yeah. in there. And that's what you have to look forward to, Eric. Oh, <laughs> wonderful! Because I actually like like the whole wit, the whole um, witch trial one. That oh, one was it was really good. good. Oh, that was yeah, awesome. But I, yeah, so I was hoping that uh, at that point it would be uh, the same quality as that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> first season for Doctors, unless it's Tenant or somebody like that, it's usually yeah, not not uh, too good. It it's up, up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be curious maybe next time you come on to give us your feelings because hopefully by then you'll be able to see the end of the season and the New Year's special yeah I'm hoping so I hope so too because uh, I know they also announced that you know of course um, season 13 and 14 has officially been announced and they did say Chibnall is going to be back for at least for 13 and so that also means that Jody will be back so they said in that interview um, with Chris and that they're already starting to work on 13. So hopefully we won't have to wait as long for Dr. That would be nice. That would be a nice change. But the trailer, the trailer was pretty exciting. I mean, it made me look forward to the next season. That's for sure. Okay. We've all seen it, right? So we could talk about what we saw. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, it was awesome seeing the Cybermen. It was awesome seeing uh, the Jadoon. But also you got to see that spider w- woman from the Runaway Bride story. So it was just like, oh, okay, this is cool. So and I loved seeing, was that supposed to be Matt Smith's costumes that she was in with the bow tie and the jacket? Yeah. I mean, it looked very Matt Smithish, but I'm not sure it was really supposed to be his costume. Okay. Yeah, I just thought it was a tux. I didn't see that it was yeah, anybody's tux it's... in particular. Look, I mean, nine times out of ten, when I'm on the, when Graham's on the screen, I'm not looking at anything else. <laughs> we know you have your obsession with Graham. It's okay. And and you know, seeing Graham in a tux, I'm like, yeah. There's anybody else on the screen? I don't see okay, it. Okay. Does anyone have five minutes and fifty one <laughs> seconds into the recording that we've mentioned Graham's name? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you start talking about the new Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor, you got to talk about Graham. His light just overshines everyone. <laughs> He's a beacon of hope to everyone. <laughs> to a tired world. Exactly. What would the show be without Graham? I, I we'll never find out. <laughs> wow. Wow, we really went yeah. down at that time. Eric, you, Eric either thinks we are absolutely insane. Well, yeah, if, if he's your favorite favorite companion at the moment, I can actually kind of pretty much agree. Him and him and his adopted son are are pretty much the other ones seem to be more hangers on. So there's other companions. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't understand what you're saying, Eric. There, uh, there's Graham, <laughs> and there's a, some, someone trying to be the doctor, and I don't know what else is on there. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some police woman. Oh yeah. Oh yes. That's right. Yeah. Actually, my sister commented that even in the trailer, you don't see Yasmin very much. No, you don't. I was wondering if they write her off or something. And the, and the only time you do see her, she's crying, which, you know, yeah, right? I guess that's understandable, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. When you don't get, when, when you give her, yeah. When you don't give her much to say or much to do, well, even though, yeah, well, they gave her an episode, which actually was one of the better episodes there. 
Yeah, well, they gave her an episode about her family, but even in that one, she didn't feature as much as she probably should have. Yeah, I know. Good point. I hope, you know, Bradley Walsh is great. I love him as, you know, the companion, but I don't think he should be the focus. I think they really need to step it up. And they did a little bit in the New Year's special, especially, you know, because they focused a little more on his stepson's or step-grandson his uh, father issue and such. So you didn't hear yeah. that, Eric. You don't, you yeah. don't know what that we're talking about. So don't worry. Yeah. But okay. I mean, it, it, Ryan does get a little more screen time later. Poor Yasmin just never, <laughs> never gets much of anything. Uh, so, I mean, obviously the trailer doesn't, and, and it won't, you know, tell us whether or not that uh, the writing's better or the distribution of characters, uh, companions is better. And that's, I think, I think what we're all hoping for. I mean, I don't think any of us have a problem with uh, the cast per se. Um, you know, the fact that Jody's coming back, that's great. The fact that Chris is coming back, you know, the jury's still out, you know, we'll see how his second series does. Um, and um, whether it's more the same or whether he adjusts accordingly. Nope. Agreed. And, you know, hopefully he's learned from his first season and he's maybe listened to a little bit of the criticisms and such. I, I liked where he was going in the new year special. I and agree. I, just, I agree. I hope that's indicative of what we're going to get in the next season. Yeah. I, I like the new year special. Sure. But I'm not willing to say that that's a new direction because it's just one episode. So let's, I, you know, I just want to see what, right. you know, and, and yeah. So um, I just hope like, that is more the same, you know? No, agreed. Well, here's hoping, as all we could say. And I, from seeing this trailer, it gave me a lot of hope. So. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was add all the elements that I, I look for in, in, in Doctor Who. I mean, a sense of adventure. Uh, of course, the Doctor uh, doing new things. I mean, she's in a tux in one scene. I think she's riding a motorcycle in another, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's, she's all, uh, uh, been like, she's like an action hero now. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Was, the whole trailer was very action oriented. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When it starts off when she sort of has the James Bond line, you know, the doctor, uh, uh I just thought that was, uh, it, yeah, that was just, this was obviously letting us know that this season is at least they're advertising it all about a lot more action. I hope so, because I think that's what was missing a lot last season. And so. and and the other thing is that they've they've notified us that hey, you're going to see some familiar faces, you're going to see some familiar races, you know. Um, uh, so that's if not characters, we're going to get some uh, familiar foes of of the past doctors. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, with the Cybermen coming back. Uh, you know, at the, in the in the New Year special, uh, I'm sorry, with the Daleks coming back in the New Year special, then there's only like it's only a matter of time before the Cybermen return. So that's the next one up, right? And uh, it looks like that. Yeah, that's not going to be a surprise. <laughs> Let's just hope there is not a Cyber Woman. I'm trying to the return that of the cyberwoman. That's all. That's what the, it's the revenge the of the cyberwoman. Cyber <laughs> Attack of the cyberwoman, <laughs> or cyber person, as Chibnall might write it in. <laughs> you know, well, I think these it, days. 
it'll be interesting to see if that's going to be a sort of like if it's a, if it's his own take because it really looks a lot like the Cybermen from uh, not the last time we saw them. It looks like the Cybermen from the last time Chibnall wrote them. That's what the that that cyber helmet kind of looked like to me. It's like, oh, are we going back to the other old Cybermen, or are we going to the creepy side? Are we still having the creepy Cybermen that we got? Uh, you know, the last Capaldi story. Ooh, yeah, good question. Like, yeah, it didn't look like the creepy Cybermen. No, not at all. Like the Cybermen. No, yeah, but they I mean, look. These look kind of rusted and such. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, kind of like. I hate to say it world weary type thing well it looked like it was severely damaged yeah so um i mean yeah that's why i don't know i mean it it looked cool um and uh you know i'm always up for good cyberman stories i mean we've seen good ones and bad ones so sure nope totally understand that i think it'd be very interesting to see what happens in it and you know hopefully we'll know next time we talk to you we might have a date a true date not a guess or not a rumor how's that mikey that'd be that'd be fine with me i mean i yeah, yeah. i mean it, it and it is interesting i mean if if doctor who is coming back so soon uh it's just amazing to me how short notice that is for everything i mean it's only really about a month away Do you you really want, you know, two months, six months, you know, hey, it's coming back then. It's not about what I want. It's about like, it has nothing to do with what I want. (laughs) The BBC doesn't give me what I want all the time, ever. Or ever. Right, exactly. So it doesn't have anything to do with what I want. It's more like, you know, I mean, to put this together properly, you know, with Doctor Who kind of struggling as far as marketing wise as far as branding goes as far as getting the show kind of back in everybody's radar sneaking it back like oh you know with only like weeks to go doesn't seem like a smart idea to me like no, they, like people they, do that a lot, though. they wait till the very last minute to announce the date and i've never understood why they do that yeah but this is last this is even for the bbc this is really last last minute like it's only like like I said, it's only like five, what, four or five weeks away, and and then not just a special, but the whole series to debut after that. Like that just seems like, like why keep it so close to the best? I don't understand. Why not like let us anticipate, build to it, you know? So it's an event when it happens. Oh, yeah. I do that. I agree with. I agree too. I, their marketing strategy is very strange. I kind of think I know why they're doing it this way at this particular time. Um, If you look on YouTube and you look at a lot of fan sites, you've got a lot of people screaming about, uh, still screaming about it being a woman. And they were really negative on the last season. And I think that's what BBC is afraid of is that almost anything they do, if they don't get it out quickly, that there's going to be this whole trail of negativity that might bring that might bring people down or cause people not to tune into the show. Nope, exactly. If, if, if that's true, Eric, and that's a that's valid. But if but if that's true, it just shows how how cowardly they are. Really, I think. Oh. Yeah, actually, I don't think that's a valid reason at all. I mean, it may be the reason or not, but it's right. not a. It it's yeah, it's cowardly. Right. Well, I didn't say I'm, it was a valid reason, just that it might be a, no, no, it might be a reason. No, no, absolutely. And if, if if they're really just trying to slide this under the radar, so they hope that people don't like, you know, get upset, 
I, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't think that's how you, you should treat one of your like, you know, all time biggest franchises. Yeah. My, my attitude is give us some good writing, give us some good episodes and uh, nobody's going to care. Yeah, nope. exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm very curious to see, does BBC do this with other programs also, just very short term? You know, like, hey, we're going to have this out in a month and a half, you know, basically. And, you know, this program's coming up. This is, you know, because I know like with War of the Worlds, all they said was coming in the fall, you know, that type of thing. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, Downton Abbey coming soon, you know, type thing. They don't have sometimes exact dates. So I'm curious to see, is this typical for Doctor Who or is it typical for BBC or is this just special because how much controversy Doctor Who got last season? So I'd be very curious to see that. That's a good question. Yeah, that's maybe we should ask Robert or something. You know, I, I think no. from what I understand, it is kind of typical though, because I, I the shows that you just mentioned, Mike, that's true, as well as uh, other shows that I follow on uh, uh, that the BBC are involved with, like um, Peaky Blinders and all that. Like they just, mm-hmm. they just, they do. They just, they don't announce. They don't give you a set date on when you can look forward to coming back. Um, and furthermore, they don't even, once they, they will announce a date, they don't let you know right away what, how international viewers can watch it as well. So they make it really difficult to try to plan and watch these things and schedule things, um, which in this day and age is, is just antiquated. I think I just, you know, it's like, I don't think that behooves them very well. If they start like blaming lack of ratings on this, that, and the other thing they have, they can just look at themselves in the mirror and say like, well, we're just not marketing it properly. Well, exactly. And you know, how many people, you know, even knew that they were doing a new season of Luther or something like that. And then all of a sudden coming in next month, Luther, it's like, it's like, what? Hold yourself back on TV. You know, it's just, it's just craziness. So it's just not, you know, I'm just curious how people react to that and stuff united states here you know on a lot of tv you know we all know there's a lord of the rings show coming to amazon next year a year a year from yeah, now like two years exactly <laughs> you know we know that you know the next season of the orville is coming next fall to what is it hulu you know type thing so it's just all there yeah, well, we knew there was going to be a new season of Doctor Who, so it wasn't we just like didn't they just—we just didn't know when. They just didn't know. No, yeah, right. We just didn't know when in 2020 it would be. I mean, we kind of assumed it would be 2020, but then they didn't even want to tell us that. So, uh, you know, and from I think that's another thing. You know, because they don't have—it's the BBC, right? If it's if it's an American channel, they have sponsors that they have to let know of. They have programmers and they have to sell their shows and all that kind of. That's the way all that works. Sure. So you get you get advance notice and you it's planned out a lot um, more. Um, uh, the, the the dates and all that are much more available for everybody to see. It's much more public. Whereas since the BBC is controlling everything, they don't have to tell us anything until like all of a sudden. And it just yeah, I mean. It's just one of those things that I think uh, in this day and age, they're just not adapting to how people are, are viewing things. And and granted, I'm coming from a, from a stateside point of view. So maybe, you know, in other countries, it's a little different, 
Um, but it just seems to me that like, you know, they're, if they want to capture this market and others, they should adapt to how things are, are going, you know, as far as streaming and advance notice and binging and all that kind of stuff, they should take a look at a lot of that stuff and, and, and adapt. No, I totally agree. Yeah. And maybe they will, maybe they won't, you know, we don't know. Uh, another new Doctor Who related news. Did you guys watch the Children in Need um, special that they did? And Doctor Who made an amazing appearance there. It was that was really sweet. Oh, it was it was wonderful, and I loved it. There was no Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch it because there was no Graham. I read about it afterwards, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I figured so, it's not really Doctor Who if it's Graham. If there's no Graham. <laughs> It was awesome. The look on that little girl's face when the screen opened. She was stunned. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, she, it's like, I almost was in tears. Like the first time I saw that, it was just, cause like you felt it and the emotion was just wonderful with that. It was pretty darn awesome to see. So it was cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was awesome. If you get a chance, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it's up on YouTube everywhere. You can see like 14 different versions of it, like the full length of the backstage interview with Jody before, you know, the whole thing. There's, It's just pretty cool to see. And if you get a chance, please do. So definitely look at it up. So the other thing we're going to do a quick review for, something really interesting, actually, Mike Gordon actually brought it to our attention. I didn't know anything about this. but a i guess i guess it's was it the drama department at this college it was the university of central uh, lanchier um they did mission to the unknown which is the only single story doctor who episode of the whole old the whole single series to the fifth doctor yeah and it, it doesn't have a doctor in it our companions no a complete recreation i mean just it was beautifully done they they went out of their way to try to make make it as authentic as possible i mean using students as actors but the sets the costumes the 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 way the daleks were just awesome yeah everything was awesome nicholas briggs was did the voice of the daleks he got involved and helped them fund it and it was a great project. I, I thought it was outstanding what they did. Yeah, and to be fair, it was Mary that brought it to us our attention, um, and uh, and I'm glad she did because this is. I mean, it was kind of. Uh, I think the BBC really kind of just said, "Okay, it's not an official official thing," but I think it's available on the BBC or the Doctor Who official like um, uh, YouTube channel. Yes, um, I think that's where we watched it. And um, and they have uh, what's amazing to me about this, too, is not only the fact that they did this, because, you know, we've, we've known people that have made Doctor Who fan films and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's not difficult to to make Doctor Who shows, especially compared to what the you know, I think we'll talk about a little bit about this when we talk about the web plan. But um, like exactly with the technology at the time and on all that stuff, it's not difficult now to to uh, meet those requirements, so to speak. But looking at the making of this, uh, what I really appreciated was they they were pretty 
honest uh, and authentic with making it much like it would have been made originally in the 60s. So they did not shoot this over a course of like three months or even a month. They prepared for it. They rehearsed for it in in, in a week. They did some special effects for it. And then they shot it like in one day in the studio, just like with multi cameras, just like the BBC would have done uh, at the time. And I thought that was, that was really impressive. Um, uh, And that was really cool. I I love the fact they did that. You really, you need to watch the making of video. Yes. After you watch it, you really do, because that's a great experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. Watch, watch the, uh, the recreation first. And usually with YouTube, there's the link right to it. It just pops right. Mine did. It just popped right up. Uh, like you want to watch this right now? And I'm like, yes, please. And it's another, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, I think, but it's, uh, it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too. Cause in the episode, William Hartnell is still credited for the doctor. Well, that's cause he had to be. Right. Yeah. In the series. And but it's but it was interesting because this basically sets up the twelve part uh Dalek master plan. Yeah. That, it's, it's written by Terry Nation. It's the prequel. It's like just the episode before. And I uh-huh. my understanding is is the only reason they, they that it was written this way is because the the regulars needed a break for uh whatever it was, a week or two just so they could get back on track. So Exactly. That totally make and it totally makes sense, especially what was with what was coming. But that wasn't even the next. It, that was like two stories down for Doctor Who, because the next story after this was the Myth Makers, mm. and then after that is the Dalek Master Plan. So yeah. it's it's pretty amazing. That's true. But, I mean, they just knew it ahead of time. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was going to say, I can't remember. Does this take place on the same forest planet as uh, the existing footage from Dalek Master Plan? I think so. So in that particular case, they actually did a little bit better job with the foliage on the remake <laughs> than they did with the uh, paper tree, paper uh, trees over uh, paper rolls or something. However, they did those in uh, Dalek Master Plan. What was also amazing is in Dalek Master Plan, they had a whole like set built for the Dalek scenes, but because they were using that for the full story and they weren't the, the students were only shooting this little sequence for Mission Unknown, they used, they did a miniature and they did models. And I swear when I was watching it, I had no idea it was models. And that blew me away when I found that out. That was so well executed. It It was awesome. It was just like you—you you didn't know, and it looked—it looked great. These kids did a great, great job. Yeah, same mm-hmm. camera motions as you would get back from the 1960s versions, and uh, I was wondering at some point if they—if if they were using the same, if they'd just gotten into their university archives and found a bunch of old uh, video cameras from the time to do it. Because. I think I think in the in the behind the scenes they used newer cameras because they did shoot it in color. Then they just like made it black and white. Um, you know when they released it. So um, I think the cameras, from what I could understand, when I could see, the cameras seemed to be more modern. But the just the procedure of the way they did things was uh, was uh, was true to what they the sixties would have done. Definitely. 
it definitely felt very comfortable and it was pretty darn awesome. And, you know, even the transformation um, from the human into the plant beast thing, uh -huh. it looked great. It felt very much like a 1960s Doctor Who. It probably it looked really better did. than it did originally, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, okay. Touche. Touche. Yeah. My I'm mate, sure my... Oh, go ahead. No, no, Eric, go ahead. I was going to say my only major nitpick with it is, uh, unfortunately, it's still they still contained all the Terry Nation's writing, <laughs> yeah. which, which is which is very close to Ed Wood in some cases, uh, especially when it's a his it's a historic event in the history of the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting because like all those aliens who you know were going to invade the earth and you know work with the daleks it's like uh they must have only been for that storyline and never seen again yeah i didn't know if those creatures like everybody who's around the table like i didn't recognize any of the races but then again you know i haven't seen a lot of the first doctor stories i mean some i've seen some i have yet to see and some i can't see because it's impossible now so I had no idea whether like everybody around the table was already a known race. Right. No, I've a lot of those you've never seen or heard of. It's just like, ooh, ooh, like that guy who had looked like he had the moon on his face <laughs> and everything. And I've seen pictures in the original and they got that pretty darn close. Mm hmm. So yeah, they they did a really they did a, they did a good job with the costumes and the props. Because okay. I mean, there is also an animated version of this story too. Oh really? Yes. Gotcha. So um, okay, so that's cool. I have to check that out. Is this, so? Is the master plan? Is that is that out? Is it available? No, no. Most of that is missing. Okay. So why did they animate this? Because it was a one-parter. <laughs> okay it's, it's nice and easy right. well i they noticed that have, there to have anybody a... imitate william hartnell or anybody else in the main cast so i um, noticed that there wasn't uh, the, there's a target book uh adaptation and i'm like really of just this <laughs> i'm like man they probably had to pad that out oh yeah most likely so it was interesting and i did like you know i loved you know because i've seen the animated version of this and they brought it to life, and I love how they had the actor who played the lead in this story at the very beginning, like being the narrator welcoming you to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. So. so. But I actually, I wish I wish we could see more recreations, because I actually think that was more fun than, than watching a lot of the animations, because a lot of the animations aren't that well done. True. <laughs> That's true. Although, uh, you know, when you talk about live actors, I don't know that that gets, I mean, you're just remaking past episodes, past stories then. And I don't know that. I'm not sure if, uh, that if it's a missing. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, as valuable. I mean, maybe if students are doing it, you know, there's, that's one thing, but um, I certainly don't see the BBC putting any money into that. Oh no, no. Oh God, no, no. No, I was thinking more of like a student or fan run thing. Or or maybe even a BBC sanctioned thing, but not. I mean, who knows? I'm not counting on seeing any more, but this one was <laughs> awfully fun and I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. 
It was. So bravo, bravo, guys. You guys did a great job. So if I give it five TARDISes all the way. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. It was definitely enjoyable, definitely quite enjoyable, and I agree. It was better than a lot of the animated things that they do. Oh, yeah. I actually posted, you know, you know, you could see on so many different places, you could see stills from the original. So you could see what the al- original aliens looked like. And one of them looks like a giant, you know, I hate to say a black Christmas tree with little eyes at the top of it. <laughs> and then the other one looked like the gorilla from like, what was it? You know, the space gorilla from the one of the Ed Wood movies, I think, or something with the helmet on top. Oh, uh, the robot guy. Yeah. So yeah, monster or something like that. Exactly. So yeah, there's there was just I think their budget was you know kind of low on this, even for the original. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean it looked like the budget was about five cents. Exactly. Well, that's typical BBC, so we're good to go there. All right, Uh, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us at EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. Let us your your thoughts on what we just talked about. Let's take a quick break, and we are going to be back, and we are going to talk all about the web planet. Hey, Adam Thomas. Yes, Thomas Mariani. You know how there are podcasts about bad movies? Yeah. And also podcasts about good movies? Yeah. Well, what if a podcast could cover both? What? Listen to Double Edge Double Bill, where a random selected yin and yang of a double feature is picked and then picked apart. Now, who came up with this wacky idea? Adam, we did. That's our show. I'm learning something new every day. Listen to us on the ESO Network and wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to Earth Station Who. We are going back to February 13th, 1965. And we are going to see the first Doctor along with Barbara and Ian and Vicky. This, I think this is one of our first Vicky stories that we've reviewed on the podcast. It's the first time I've ever seen Vicky. It's one of the few Vicky ones. Yeah, it's one of the first Vicky ones that's still around. Because mm. she, how, how long was, I don't know how long she was in the TARDIS for about a year. Okay. Yeah, about about a year before I think they brought in Dodo and a few other people. Right, cuz we saw when Dodo left when we saw uh which was it um Enemy of the World, was it? That one? No, I think it was No, uh, it was way War, Dodo War wasn't Machine. Well, War Machine, that's right. Yeah. It was War Machine cuz that also then introduced um Polly. Yes, so definitely understand that. So, um interesting story um i felt like i was watching a jj abrams movie and sometimes with all the blurring and the you know the vaseline on the lens vaseline on the lens it was just like whoa it was it was hard to to watch sometimes yeah was that because of the condition that it's in or were they trying to do some fancy effects no they were trying to do an effect they were doing effects because remember the doctor was saying because of the atmosphere it might seem to your eyes that it's you know very you know blurry and such yeah well, it's, it seems so um inconsistent that um and a lot of times um interfering with the the, the visuals that i i thought it must have been done uh, just the bad condition of the print nope, nope. or not nope. did it on purpose 
<laughs> it was completely yeah. unperfect. So that's as good as it's ever going to get. That's it. Right. There, there's mentions in, in it a number of times uh, about, yeah, it actually figures in with the plot quite a bit in there in some cases, too. Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere, you know, affecting the companion's breathing. Oh, sure. No, no, I got that. I got that point. But I just, yeah, like I said, there was times when, I mean, there were times where they were in the caverns when it was happening. There were times when it was, I mean, it just was, yeah, all over the place. No, totally understand. And there were times when they were outside and it wasn't happening. So, yeah, like I said, it was just inconsistent. Um, So um, that's why I thought it was more of a a condition rather than an effect. But, yeah, well, good for them. Exactly. Look, I, 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 this is the first time I've seen it, and I do have to sort of credit them with, I mean, there is a, a wonderful uh, British tradition of telling stories with costumes and puppets and pantomime, and I think all of that really comes into play with some of the things that they did here. Oh, sure. No, I thought it was very interesting, and, you know, having the ants with human legs was pretty darn awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, I have I have to say, actually, for the time period, with that qualification, the production is actually pretty good. I mean, oh, I love I love the costume of the moth yeah, people. They're they were awesome hard with the costumes and the 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 sort of interpretive dance <laughs> that Minotra <laughs> are doing, and the um, you know, the sets are very alien looking. No, very much so, and. It was, I loved a lot of the different scenes and everything. Eric, why did you choose this one, though? Just curious. The reason I chose it is because um, it is one of the most ambitious of the uh, first Doctor episodes. I didn't choose it specifically because it's one of my favorites. Um, I do like it. Um, I'd say more of my favorites would be like the original Daleks or uh, the Aztecs or something like that from that uh, first couple of seasons there. Um, but I chose this one because of how ambitious they were going. They decided to go with the budget they had and the conditions they had basically rehearsing, doing everything one take. I, I think in a lot of cases they did this live to broadcast in some cases. And they decided to go with a situation where everybody except the main cast was alien, alien planet, uh, completely alien geography, uh, no other really humanoid creatures to connect with. It was uh, as if somebody it's, it, it was as if somebody tried to do this, do say the Dark Crystal, um, on a hundred dollar budget or something, <laughs> where they did it with sock puppets. But the story is good. That that's the whole thing that gets me is um, is the story does still stand out. I think they stretch it out too long. I don't know if it needed to really be six episodes. It could have been a nice three-episode uh, story. Um, land, meet the uh, different creatures, and then deal with the uh, alien menace. Um, it's rather simple when it gets to that. Um, but the creatures themselves are rather interesting. Um, they're given their own type of speech. Uh, they don't seem human at all in speech. It's that's one thing a lot of people complain about is all these aliens always knowing English. It's more a uh, more obvious that the TARDIS is doing the translating because it's trying to keep up with whatever the, the speech patterns of all these different aliens have. 
and not doing as great of a job as it normally does. It's just everything is so different, especially those atmosphere those atmosphere effects do get way too much, but it just gives you this whole idea of you're not on earth, you're not doing a uh, historic you're not doing one of the historic doctor who's we're just going completely alien we're taking what we did with the Daleks except we're not putting in anybody human that you can actually identify with and we're going to just go with this and it actually ended up being the most watched doctor who episode of that year i think there's 13 million viewers to that wow. when it originally premiered wow that's pretty darn amazing and that's pretty much britain yeah yeah <laughs> i do really like the fact that because you can kind of sense it too with the characters um you know they've been doing this for what a year year and a half um at least on on screen and there's this sort of sense that you know there's no sense uh with um sort of uh barbara and ian anymore that they're surprised or shocked by things um until we get to this i mean this opens with you know barbara's just kind of lounging around with a like a like a thing of wine just kind of wandering around going oh yeah the doctor's got this no problem and i think later on there's a sequence of dialogue where you know uh ian's gone off to find barbara and the doctor says to vicky like oh it's okay he did you know he can handle this he does this sort of thing all the time like they're they've already got into a routine whereas this planet this Vortis planet really like throws them all for a loop. Like everything that you guys have been used to, everything that you guys have been doing, it's nothing like this that you've experienced. Nothing like this before. No, that's a good way to put it. It, it's not like anything they've seen. And that, you know, like Ian was about to drink from that little pond (laughs) and the doctor was like, wait, 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 (laughs) let me ruin you. Why do you see wearing a tie for a belt anyway? That was from the Romans. The Romans followed oh, okay, this. Fo- this follows directly off of the Romans. Okay, so was that was saying. that was something that I think he had to replace a belt or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it uh, it had to it featured in the plot, plot in that mm-hmm. series. Yeah, it was interesting because they went from the Romans to this story, then to the Crusades. And it's like, okay, let's fit this between two historical stories. Yeah, well, that's what they were doing at the time. They actually. They had to do the historical because it was a kid's show. So they had to do the historic episodes they could say that were teaching something. So they decided that they were going to do historic and then plain sci-fi. That's why you got an an unearthly child, then you got the Daleks, and you got Marco Polo. No, that's true. Yeah. That's none of that's true? No, it is. That's that's why I always understood. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it is true. It is true. Yeah. No, we were agreeing with you, dude. Oh, I thought you said none of that was true. <laughs> no. Oh, God, okay. no. Oh, no. I was going to say that Wikipedia needs to really scrub some stuff on there. <laughs> no, no, it's absolutely. What no, doing. you're exactly right, because back then, Doctor Who was still considered a children's show that was supposed to do historical stories and teach people kids about history. And visually, you can see that that's true even with this story. I mean, the visually, like I said, because they're using pantomime, they're using puppetry, um, the costumes, the choreography, the the um, uh, 
over uh, acting in terms of the voice work and everything that they're doing, the effects. It, it It's very much like an audio visual treat, especially for younger viewers, I would imagine. Um, so, I, but, and story-wise, but story-wise, it's just as adult as any of the other stories that they were. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, there's... There is some horrific stuff in there, like pulling the wings <laughs> off. <laughs> exactly. That there's one, a lot of uh, characters that die. Yeah, the one after it dies uh, being uh, drowned in acid, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was horrific. You know, pain water and, you know, and they just left her there. And she was like, you know, and Ian, like, walked up to her and was like, Damn, it was it was just tough. It, there were some really tough scenes in this one. Yeah, and and so yeah, I mean, it's it always you know whenever they call Doctor Who a, a children's show back then, children's show back for for British kids was a lot different than children's show here. Yeah, they did not just, sugarcoat it. <laughs> yeah, because you weren't even allowed to punch somebody on <laughs> on uh, children's shows in, in the states and the cartoons and all that kind of stuff. There was no violence or whatever. But back then, yeah. they Britain. I mean, they had wars. People could die. That people were shooting each other. It was just yeah. Well, keep in mind, just twenty years before this was made, uh, some of the some some of the parents and even maybe some of the older kids had actually experienced a lot of that for real life. So true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, very much so. But if you think We're not from more removed from World War Two, no, this is their generation from World War Two, and you know conditions were still they were rebuilding society back then in the UK. And it was just, it was just tough. You know, like when that moth uh, woman sacrificed herself to the machine gun firing alien, you know, when she tried to get it under control and, you know, it shot her as it was coming at her and it was just like, damn. And they just left her right on top of it. Cause she basically, when she fell on top of it, squished her. So it was just like, Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty grim. Oh yeah. <laughs> in some areas. I mean, I I kind of find this story very disjointed, and I think it's because it's a six-parter. I mean, I agree with Eric. I think like a three-parter would have been better because they have there's there's a lot of padding. There's a lot of jumping back and forth. Like there's different scenes going on uh concurrently all over the place. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing, you know, Barbara's doing one thing, Ian's doing another thing, Vicky isn't doing much at all. And, uh, you know, the doctor's doing another thing. I will say Ian and Barbara are both pretty badass in this one, <laughs> which I love. I mean, I really like Ian and Barbara. And I especially like them in the later ones. I mean, they're just, they just, they do what they need to do. And it's... This is actually a little bit advanced for the time with Barbara. Because at one point, like, at one point she was in the TARDIS saying, I got to give this place a spring cleaning. Two episodes later, or two or three episodes later, she's sitting there planning out a military attack (laughs) (laughs) with the with the Monoptera to try and improve on their actual invasion plans. Mm -hmm. No, exactly, and she was a very strong character in this. Once she left the TARDIS under hypnosis, being dragged by the bracelet, it was. It was it was she was great in this. I really liked Barbara in this. She was really strong for most of it. Like I said, just the attitude. Where like in the first five minutes, where we see her come out of the TARDIS, she's holding a, 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 um, a 
a chalice of wine and she's just drinking it and just walking around. And I was like, wow, Barker's like really accustomed to this. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, dudes, what's happening? <laughs> I know. And she's like, and like Vicky's freaking out because something, you know, the doctor is freaking out because they're getting pulled towards this planet or whatever. And she's just like, ah, it's all right. Doctor's got this. I did not like Vicky. I'm going to come out and say it at all. She didn't scream as much as Susan did, but, you know, she was, it just, it wasn't, I just didn't like her character. She, it, she was just like, you know, she tried coming across as like a know-it-all about the aspirin. Oh, when I was in school, we had, you know, you know, medical and, you know, we were 10 years old and it was just like, what? You know, it was the longest hour of the week, you know, it's like, wow. <laughs> and then the rest of it, I think she was pretty worthless. Well, they just don't give her much to do. No. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of, that tends to happen. And when there's three companions <laughs> that somebody gets, gets sort of shunted off, you know, they end up just sitting around in the TARDIS. Because it was really Ian and Barbara who were helping to drive the story, even more so than the Doctor in some ways. Oh, very much so. And I liked both of them in this. The companions were awesome. And I've always liked Ian and Barbara. So, and it was neat to see that it wasn't Ian this being the the one who defeated the villain. It was Barbara at the very end. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean. Oh, they've always been two of my favorite companions um, in, the enti- in the entire run of Doctor Who. Vicky, yeah, Vicky is. I I don't know if it's because there's so many episodes missing with her, um, including her introduction. That entire series is missing. But yeah, she she didn't really strike too much of a, of anything memorable um, because she was kind of like a replacement for Susan to try and have that younger character in there rather than just the authority figures. Yeah, I did feel that she was an upgrade from Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I like, if she's like, yeah, cause she's, this is really the first time, uh, a companion has been replaced right on the show. Yes. Right? right. So this is a first, I did feel like she was an upgrade from Susan, but I also felt like with her, I feel like they would get this character right much later on with Zoe, with the second doctor. Um, and I, th- I th- felt like almost that's what this was like a precursor to that. And she, cause she had some elements there where she was from, obviously from the as future, she knew some stuff, but when it came down to, like you said, Mike, when it came down to trying to help in, or trying to do anything, she was useless. So, um, uh, I mean, the only thing I think in the whole storyline that she actually contributed that she did was. Uh, she faked being unconscious uh, during that one scene and, and helped the doctor out through it. And then that was it. You know. Well, I know a lot of people who do that normally, so it's okay. <laughs> it's called work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but then again, like it looked like this was only her second story, right? Uh, third, I think. I third? Think okay. Was, I think, I don't know if she was in Planet, no. No, Planet of the Giants was still Susan, so it was then death then was invasion of the Daleks where Susan left. And I think then they meet Vicky, then it's the Roman. So yeah, I think it's the third. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's still early for her. So I, I, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes with, uh, with any new character, you know, right off the bat um, until they really, you know, get until the writers know how to write her and what to do with her and all that kind of stuff. So, 
Um, but I mean, she didn't annoy me like some of the other companions have in the past. Um, but yeah, I don't, I guess I just don't view her one way or another. She was there. She was just kind of unnecessary. I mean, she just didn't add much to the story. I mean, I felt no, she didn't. the, uh, the Optera, the ones that went underground and, um, the moth people that went underground and kind of devolved when the animus started taking over. I didn't feel like they were necessary to the story. They were just kind of there. You could have. Yeah. I could see that. Without yeah. By the time Ian meets up with this other race, this third race or whatever, I was like, yeah, this is, this is, we need to wrap this up. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, what is, where is this going? Yeah. You know, I know kind I of the reason. Figured, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, just real quick. I, I guess they needed a reason for Ian to pop up at the end. But um, other than that, I I didn't really see where, like, I was like, is this really necessary? And plus, the, the people the, the people who were playing the um, the Optera, Optera, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, probably the one race that I was kind of most annoyed with. The voices and, and the, the costumes and the, the jumping around and everything. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is a little too much. No, agreed. It was, they were, the voices were tough and, but I love the costume. So it, it didn't detract from me. I didn't mind that as much. But with the it, other races, I I agree with you, but with the Optera, I was kind of like, I just, I, yeah, I found it really difficult to understand them. Um, and uh, yeah. Of course. But it was, I also thought it was, it was really, really interesting that the ants' music, or like the way they communicated, was just all electronic music at the time. <laughs> While I was watching this, Michelle came out of out of the room that she was in, and she looked at the screen and she heard the ant noises, and she's like, "Yeah, that's annoying." And then she just left. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "I've been putting up with it for six episodes." <laughs> <laughs> now, I wonder if you guys noticed one of the most famous things out of this particular series. At one point, when one of the Zarbi comes running in, uh, being chased by uh, one of the Monoptera, you notice the camera kind of jiggles. Because the actor wearing the ant costume actually ran right into the video camera. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> well, that would have been easy to do in that costume. <laughs> Right. You probably couldn't see anything. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure why the Monoptera also felt it necessary to whenever the Zarbi showed up to go Zarbi, Zarbi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we get it. It's the Zarbi. <laughs> you heard them like like cattle or pigs. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Wow, this is devolving real quick. (laughs) Did you think the episodes needed to be six, though, for the storyline? Nope. Nope. (laughs) No. The very most four. Yeah, maybe three. (laughs) (laughs) Do I I hear two? Two, anybody? (laughs) I I agree with three. It could have easily been a three-parter. Yeah. I would have liked to seen, although it's funny because even though it's six episodes, like I feel like there were some things that I wanted them to explore more. Like I really didn't feel like we got to know 
the what is it the animus the the bad the villain right of the piece mm-hmm. um and i and i just didn't really you know when so when it was defeated at the end i really didn't feel a sense of like woo accomplishment or anything like that because i just it, i couldn't get really any associated with her at all like what was happening and what was what that was all about well you don't you don't really get a backstory you know you can't no not at all i mean you kind of know that embodied voice most of the time you kind of know that they were doing their thing and then all of a sudden like this darkness which i guess is the animus came to the planet and started doing stuff i guess yeah. i don't know it's hard to started tell. kind of building its own cocoon mm-hmm. and then yeah from i understand it it did uh increase the magnetic pull which ended up pulling all those moons towards the planet yeah there was just I, like what it, yeah there's not a lot of science and a lot of old doctor who apparently um, yeah, they were just making stuff up and it, exactly and as soon as you know she was destroyed the water started coming back to the planet. It started flowing again. It's like, what? I don't, yeah. Well, that's because the carcinome, which was the cocoon she was building, that was actually sucking up all the water from the planet. So as soon as she died, that started dying. So it started releasing the water that it actually contained in it. Wow. Eric, you win yeah. the I paid attention to this story more award for the episode. <laughs> Is that in the book? Because, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of hinted at a point where, um, yeah, uh, I remember, was it Ian or Barbara? I think it was Ian when they're climbing out of uh, the tunnel, oh, encounters yeah. uh, some actual water. Because at that point, they're thinking that all liquid on the surface is acid. Hmm. That's true. Yeah, and the water's flowing out of a, out of a breach in the carcinome. Gotcha. That totally makes sense then. All right. You win. All right. Do we need to have any final thoughts or are we ready to rate this one? Well, my final thought on this is that this is, we were talking about earlier uh, remaking some of this stuff. This is why I think that if they did want to remake it, they should remake it with all new actors and with modern technology and maybe knock them down to hour and a half to two hour episodes on some of these old ones. Because it would be nice to see this done with, uh, not with CGI necessarily, but with modern costuming and prosthetics and everything, and see how this could, would run as a nice streamlined hour and a half to two hour episode. Mm-hmm. I could see that. It would have been, it would was great though, because you got to see like a true alien species that were somewhat familiar, but to a larger scale. Almost like when you had the Planet of the Giants storyline with with early Doctor Who. This was, you know, as the Doctor said, you know, they look like ants, but they're bigger. It's like, yes, you know, it's the environment, you know, how they evolved. It was pretty darn awesome. I mean, I think actually there's the seeds of a good story here, but it just, it needs a lot more editing. <laughs> it definitely needs to be trimmed down. Like, like the evil actually reminds me of, if anybody's read A Wrinkle in Time, the, the sort of a disembodied brain who's the evil at the center of it. I mean, I think that's kind of what they were trying to do here, but they just, they didn't, there was too much else going on and they didn't really capture that, but they could have. I mean, I think it could be retooled. 
And uh, I definitely think that, uh, you know, if they if if like Chibnall or anybody wanted to revisit this race or this planet again, it could be really fun. I mean, to, the idea of having a Doctor Who story set in a place where there's no um, humanoid figures like no yeah is is amazing and that is what i think the biggest thing that i took from this like it, it is amazing um uh you know but i i like at the end how um you know the, the vestrin or whoever one of the, the the aliens says to ian is like will you ever return he's like no nah, i don't think so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we're he done just, with this <laughs> he, just, he just tells him straight up he's like I don't think so. He's like, you never know with the doctor, but I, I don't. Probably like, not. <laughs> oh, well, here's something. What was the thing with the doctor's ring being able to control the ants? And meaning so much to him that he needed it back. Because I was like, does he have like, this is the first time I've seen him have like some sort of, you know, sonic ring power. Yeah, it, that was interesting because I know when he regenerated, he lost the ring. It fell off his hand. Hmm. And so it was, it's just interesting. That took me totally by surprise. It was just like, does the doctor have, is able to control like a, a psychic power or something? That part I, yeah, I was kind of wondering too, because they reversed the polarity of the gold or whatever he did. <laughs> and Well done. And, uh, all of a sudden, uh, can control with the ring, which uh, I hate the word hand waving, but this was almost literal in this particular case. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, can control gold uh, or some sort of gold, anti gold or something with the ring. Um, and that gold's rather flexible, I noticed too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rather flexible and rather light for this, for something along those lines. But yeah, I I didn't understand exactly what he could do with the ring, and I don't remember if there's anything going on in the first Doctor episodes following that actually go back and mention anything with that ring again no i don't remember uh, anything that's just he really wants it back i mean it's not just a you know he doesn't just trade it off and go yeah you can keep it i mean he's like i want it back um even to the alien at the end he was just like you know um you're forgetting something yeah i made my ring back and the guy's like oh okay i forgot sorry but ian doesn't get either his tie or his pen back no, he was pretty resentful about that. Yeah, well, I would be too. My gold pen. Come on. Just glad, just glad his pants didn't fall down during this story. True. That's true. <laughs> All right, kids. Let's go ahead and rate this. One out of five Tardises, one being the worst, five being the best. All right, Eric, you go first. It was your choice. Can we do halves? Of course. Yeah. Okay, so I would, say three, I would say three and a half. Okay, that's totally fair. Mary? Um, yeah, I think, a, I think a three, I mean, there, there's a, I mean, there are some good parts of this and I mean, it's, it's almost worth watching just, just for the production alone is, is fun to watch, but the story is not great and very disjointed. So I think I'm only going to give it a three. Mikey. Uh, I'm going to side with our guest and say three and a half. I think there was enough in here that, uh, I really enjoyed. Um, and it was more than just if three is an average, uh then this is a little bit better than an average i think um certainly yes there it does go a little bit long but i i i am impressed by the ambition of this as well okay 
I hate agreeing with you guys and everything. So I'm going to actually agree with Mary and go with a three. It was entertaining. I think it was way too long. And that's what pulled it down from like a three and a half or a four. It could have been two episodes shorter very easily. But I enjoyed it. I like what they were trying to do. And, you know, I want to try to get one of those really cool white jackets that, you know, has oxygen for an hour. (laughs) I love how in the first episode it didn't quite fit Ian. And the next time we see it, it's like a perfect fit. It's like, okay, that's really, that's a continuity error. Um, It's form fitting, dude. Come on. We also like to, you know, I also like to think of these stories as whether or not they would be good episodes to uh, introduce somebody to Doctor Who with. Not a chance. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> nope, nope, this, no, no. this is some. This is definitely one you watch if you're already a big fan, especially if you like some of the older. Uh, if you like the first two uh, doctors, so absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I would not. It, yeah, I would not approach like <laughs> if they pulled this one off the shelf. Like, oh, you're not ready for this one yet. No, 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 no. Put that back. Put that back. Whatever you do, put it back. Put it back. Yeah. yeah, put it back. Here's spearhead from space. Try this one. <laughs> well, it was good because I watched this one by myself. Judy was not home and she said, Oh, I miss Doctor Who. I said, Yeah, you're okay with that. It's, it's okay. It's really okay with that. So it was cool. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home, though. What did you guys think? Did you like it? Did you not? Um, please let us know. Earth Station Who at ESONetwork.com. Definitely let us know. We definitely would love just to hear from you guys. Uh, quick shout out, congratulations to Mr. Mike and myself. We made it to episode 500 of Earth Station One. Yay! Yay! That's going to be going live this week. So it's hard to believe we actually, you know, made it that long. Let's see if we can make it another 500 without killing each other. It'll be perfect. <laughs> it's which- amazing to think that that sort of started off as, uh, you know, ESW really literally spun off of that. Because we were re- we were reviewing Doctor Who stories uh, for the first what two years year two Something that's like that, first right? two years of the show I think we made it to episode one hundred and then we spun off this show from that and it was me you and Phantom originally on the show yeah that's pretty amazing it is you know we've been doing this for quite some time too so. It's pretty amazing what we've been doing and all the fun we've been having with it. And we've got two amazing co-hosts on it. And Eric, we also really appreciate you coming back and joining us oh. with us. Oh, thank you very much. I enjoyed it quite a bit, quite a bit today. And hopefully you'll come back sometime. Oh, definitely. Do you want to promote your stuff? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead uh, with that again. Um yeah, Vinyl Casserole every Sunday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on maxradio.ca. Uh, expel Gray Matter for my movie blog. I publish once a week on that. Uh, El Camino is going to be reviewed this week. Awesome. Um, so uh, you just type in Expel Gray Matter. It'll come up. It's a blogger one. Um, and then photography. You can see my photography at Flickr. You just type in my actual name. And Facebook and Twitter, of course, under my real name, uh, YouTube channel under my real name as well. Excellent. And you also do an ELO podcast. That's correct. Face the Music comes out every Friday at, well, every Saturday, I should say, at midnight, uh, co-hosted with Eric Paul Johnson, who actually does all the work on it. So so you're just the celebrity voice. Got it. Exactly. That's cool. And I love watching, that's how we, you know, I discovered you guys and it's been a great trip with you guys and love listening each week. 
Oh, thank you very much. We love doing this, doing it. It's uh, a lot. Of, it is it is a lot of fun uh, going through all these. No, oh, I'm sure it is. And from the good stuff to the getting into the disco era. I actually like some of the disco era. Well, I can understand that. Just, just wait <laughs> yeah. till Xanadu. Come on. Uh, we're we're going through Xanadu right now. Believe uh, and uh, I'm I still haven't watched it. Oh, well, I'm going to have to, well, unfortunately, at some point. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Well, yeah. Well, it'll make your movie blog interesting, too. Yeah, well, I, it doesn't exactly fit my movie blog, which, uh, yeah, I do a lot of violent stuff and everything, even though watching Xanadu might want, make me want to do violence, from what I understand. <laughs> so. so true. So true. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Let me thank, thank our regulars. Of course, Mary Ogle. Ah, thank you for having me. Always fun to talk of Doctor Who with you guys. Anything you want to promote? You can find my artwork at mariogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. And Mr. Mike. As always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh, well, you know, obviously, thanks to you and everybody who has helped make our Station One, the podcast, possible for all these years and episodes. Uh, yeah, we're getting ready to move on to the next season. Uh, so uh, 501 is just around the corner. So that's season two? That's season two. We <laughs> exactly. have really long seasons. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awesome. God. So season two will go to episode 1000. Got it. So, yeah, I don't know if anybody, yeah, if people haven't listened to 500 yet. It does end on a cliffhanger. So. Yes, exactly. Will they continue? Will they not? Will the comic shop explode or not? <laughs> Who lives? Who, who dies? dies? Exactly. It'd be very interesting. Maybe we'll regenerate. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Speaking of regenerations, we are going to look at the second Doctor, actually, next time on Earth Station Who. We are looking at the Macro Terror. That's right. The fully revitalized and animated. Speaking story. of animation. Exactly. We were talking about animation earlier. <laughs> we get a full one next time, folks. And we are going to chat all about it and it should be a ton of fun uh for all our fans here in the united states i hope you had a very nice thanksgiving and for you know everyone who's probably listening to this right now you're probably standing in line somewhere for black friday so hopefully you're going to be enjoying all this kind of stuff until then my name is mike faber and we will see you here next time on the air station who podcast peace and we are done boom You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, 
your station for all things geek.